0: ladies and gentlemen let's hear it how do you feel
1: we're mad as hell hell, and and we're we're not not gonna gonna take it anymore anymore.
0: ladies and gentlemen the network news hour with sybil the soothsayer (laughs) jim webbing and his it's the emmy's truth department (laughs) (laughs) miss matahari and her skeletons in the closet Plus tonight, another segment of Vox Populi. <laughs> and starring the mad prophet of the airways, Howard Beale! <laughs> yeah. Well. I'm I'm at I'm baby's here. Not going to take it anymore. <laughs> Edward George Roddy died today! <laughs> yeah, I got no <laughs> Spoiler alert. Uh, Howard Beale is publicly executed at the end. Welcome to Syndication, <laughs> the only podcast that's mad as hell and won't take this anymore. Yeah. Ratings, bullshit, and liberation armies. This week we discuss the 1976 classic satire, Network.
2: I am your host, Tyler Young, with two... Dudes. Hey there, I'm Devin Ellis. You're yeah. one of the dudes, right? I'm one of them. Dude okay. one. There's another one.
1: Dude Me? two. Dude two. Oh, I'm the Matt Prophet of the airwaves. Ooh, <laughs> ah. that's a good one. <laughs> Thank you.
0: Well, nice to meet you, Prophet of the airwaves. Uh, <laughs> is that all hyphenated?
1: Uh, no. It's a, it's it's like um, it's like a title. I'm the Matt Prophet of the airwaves.
0: The mat, comma, prophet of the Airways? No,
1: just the mat. Matt is now an adjective.
0: Oh you're th- oh, instead of the mad prophet, you're the Matt profit of the Airways. Correct. Gotcha. Yeah, That's gotcha. even better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is that the word? Better? I like it. Thank you. <laughs> hey, what are we drinking this week? Nothing. Except I am just drinking Trader Jose's. So. I have some delicious
2: water to my left over here water like (laughs) what comes out of the toilet (laughs) (laughs) what is that from (laughs) idiocracy (laughs) right (laughs) (laughs) you know it's got what plants crave (laughs)
0: electrolytes does anyone know what electrolytes are yeah it's what the body craves (laughs) (laughs) Ah, that's me (laughs) drinking uh so this movie matt why did you pick this movie
1: uh, I think I said it last week I was interested in um, we always pick based on directors or usually or that's what I do I, I mean, mean I don't I yeah pick let my... me let me keep it to myself I always <laughs> yeah. have picked based on directors and so I wanted to um, pick based on a screenwriter and uh, Paddy Chayefsky is super famous uh, and I think this is one of the things he was most known for and he won an Oscar for it so wait you picked this based on the writer or the director? The writer. It okay. was a happy coincidence that it was Sidney Lumet. Okay. Um, that's you remember I did like the whole spiel last time about how this pick was gonna blow your minds.
0: Yeah, because Sidney Lumet also um he did Serpico and Da Day Afternoon, yep. which we've done just recently too. Like right. not not only have we done on the show, but like within the past few weeks. Yeah. Uh, so. Those were your last two picks, I think. But they both mine. They yeah. were both yours. They were
1: both yours. Weird. Yeah. I
0: think I like Lumet for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> hey, he
1: learned how to direct in this movie. I was super impressed. I've criticized him for just being like functional before, but I thought he did it. It Being Sidney Lumet was like something that I didn't think mattered. I was not excited about that fact, but like I thought he did a really good job in this movie. Yeah, um, this one felt tighter and more purposeful.
0: If that makes sense, more. Uh, well, know, he compared just to did, the other ones. He
1: just did. Intro- he finally learned how to do shot reverse shot to like show. Power dynamics and like shifting conversational, you know, tectonics. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there were like a couple really artistic parts, like the whole speech that Mr. Jensen gives. Yeah. It's like was, my favorite part of the movie. That's a pretty yeah. iconic scene, right? It's a pretty iconic scene, but I also just thought like the way he filmed it was great. And then his, he like steps out of the light and he's just this like towering yeah. god in the shadows with his face obscured. It was really ominous. Yeah. You have medals! with the
2: primal forces of nature, Mr. Beale, and I won't have it. Is that clear?
0: Do either of you guys watch Better Call Saul? Actually, I know you do. You mentioned this to me, yeah, and and I I do recall what you're referring to. Matt, do you know about this? Like, in the very first episode of Better Call Saul, um, Bob Odenkirk, as Jimmy McGill, does that speech, or at least part of it. Oh, really?
2: You have meddled with the primal forces of nature Mr. Hamlin and I won't have it and you will atone it's Ned Beatty from Network for Christ's sakes guys (laughs) like everyone's like uh, and it becomes super awkward because he's like
0: doing this crazy speech and yelling at a whole boardroom that have no idea what he's talking about
1: (laughs) Which is, cr- like, I know that this movie, it's on all the top film lists. It's around, right? Like, I've always known that it existed, but, like, I don't know why more people aren't talking about this movie, especially in this day and age. It is almost
0: prophetic, Yeah, this movie, you know? it's
1: Ooh. crazy how good it is and how, like, yeah, I mean, how prescient it was. Yeah. I think it, I, I I don't know. I never lived in the nineteen whatevers when this was released, but like this Maybe feels seventies. This feels like it it is <laughs> yeah, more appropriate. Yeah. It feels like it's more appropriate to 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 today than it would have been when it was released. That's what it feels like to me.
0: When it when it came out, well, I mean, when I saw it, I should say, uh, looking at it through the lens of like nineteen seventy six when it came out, it seems really over the top and reactionary to like. Something so mild as television in the day, and like, oh, okay, broadcasting is a little more entertainment, a little less hard hitting. And uh, yeah, it's like a 24 hour news cycle now, and there's a lot of fluff and whatever. And okay, people are tuning into TV instead of reading more often than not. And but compared to today, it's such a crazy over the top like railing against television and railing against the viewers and railing against anyone who's like involved in it as like this like soulless. Mm. like just like vacuous thing. And then like, I don't, I don't know how many of them are alive today to like witness what's going on, but is so much worse today. Like, and I can't believe that. Yeah. That people aren't like, Hey, we we should all collectively watch
2: network again. <laughs> if only they knew uh, what uh, it would become. <laughs> what it's,
1: what's hilarious about it is that, so it, it is simultaneously. It was both prophetic and it's very like quaint and outdated. Yeah. Because the other thing is, like, television is a, I mean, I don't know if we've ever said this on the air before, but, like, we all work at, in you know, in broadcast. Like, yeah. television's dying. <laughs> yeah. And, like, for it to be portrayed as, like, the big, the big bad guy that's killing off, like, genteel news, mm-hmm. you know, like, journalism with a capital J. Right. Uh, Like, it's so, like, it makes me want to roll my eyes, but then you're like, well, hold on. That is kind of the start of all of our problems here. Oh yeah, <laughs> like it's it was the slippery
0: slope that led to social media that is so much worse than than television never could be, just because of the scope and the reach.
2: But don't you feel like like everyone's just always perpetually freaking out about this new yep. medium that's always you know coming out and taking over like uh, people's thoughts and and attention? Absolutely, and that's kind of part of so conflicted by this movie i really have a
0: hard time like articulating exactly how i feel about it because yeah on one hand i agree with most of the 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 sentiment of the movie um some very like anti-populist kind of ideas and stuff like that but on the other hand it seems very over the top and reactionary Mm -hmm. too yeah because every generation some new technology like sweeps across the land and everyone like you know the old guard just goes like oh this is ruining what we had before and everyone's gonna you know, society's gone time. every time yeah <laughs> yeah radio's killing books tv's killing radio social media's killing tv like wh- you know thought waves are going to start you know <laughs> killing social media you know killing the internet it
1: feels antiquated and kind of stodgy in specifically criticizing television it, it, it as as relates to like the setup of like Max as like old school hard boiled journalism, like Edward uh, Edward Murrow, right? He worked for uh, Ed Murrow during the the. I've got the list of six hundred and seventy eight known communist sympathizers. McCarthy, yeah, did it. <laughs> <laughs> got there all by yourself, <laughs> um, like that. You, there's no like harder example of like classic almost um, self-destructive newsmen than, like, Edward R. Murrow. Mm -hmm. And, like, they have Max. you, You used to work on his show. And he's to represent, like, the old school, like, I do the news, keep your entertainment out of it. And, like, that all feels weird. I don't, like... That feels like, okay, guys, like, get over yourselves. Yeah. But when it starts criticizing... The shortening attention span the desire to like specifically i thought the fact that they were using a madman to harness the rage of americans who um she said at the beginning she said like you know there's all these scandals there's wars going on all over the world people are just angry they feel their world slipping away and then in one of his dialogues, in one of his monologues, he says, like, um, just let me keep like my sense of safety in my living room. Yep. It's like there's you can see in this movie people uh, trying to harness rage that is strangely reminiscent of the rage that we've seen people try to harness in today.
2: Yep. Yeah. It's interesting you
0: say that. I, uh, I definitely agree. Because Trump is doing the Beal thing where he's just going like, brah, brah, I'm angry. I'm angry because things are different and I don't understand them. And, you know, everything's slipping. Rah listen to me. Everyone get up. Get up and vote. You know, whatever. Like change. We need to g- go back. You know, that's the yeah. same kind of backfire almost <laughs> of the engine of, you know, like the old guard, but they're just like, we don't, we don't like what's going on today. Everyone, everyone get angry. You know, like, listen, aren't you mad? Aren't you sick of, you know, not getting your way, blah, blah, blah. And they're like tapping into the fears of, you know, American like anxiety.
1: Tapping into the fears while, while simultaneously obfuscating the actual issues of the world, which in the film are Jensen and talking about how like individuals don't matter the dehumanization and like there's so much stuff that is so well articulated to our time and place the rise of corporations and how they use entertainment to distract us from the things that they're doing and like harnessing all the of,
0: and all the, like, the laws being like manipulated for their benefit yeah and, the yeah.
1: harnessing of rage the the, the 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 profit and uh ratings driven content decisions like i am in many ways like old fashioned right like i tend to find myself in the minority of what people want and enjoy yeah i like books i like documentaries and pbs and like that's not the world th- th- that we live in anymore and people want um the 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 kardashians and the I don't, what? Yeah, bachelor, do that. that's a show. <laughs> it's The Bachelor. Is
2: that still going on? It's been on for a long time. They have a bunch. There's like the female Bachelor or something. Bachelorette. Bachelorette, yeah. And then they don't have- pretend like you don't know. A couple of other ones. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you I, corrected me that it's The Bachelor. <laughs> you certainly know the female version. I'm familiar with the with that the show exists. I have not seen it
0: i want to really quickly bef- like we've already kind of like dug into we how we feel a deep about the dive movie. right out of the gate yeah, yeah i'm sorry
1: i went real broad and real no, shallow fine. we can dig in on some stuff if you want
0: well i mean just a synopsis of <laughs> oh yeah, right. we haven't even done that <laughs> yeah this is a
2: movie yeah i asked about you why television. you picked it and then like 20 minutes later like
0: and so let's let's talk about what this movie is uh, yeah. i'll try to summarize it quickly but there's a lot going on here um yeah, basically, Max is a, a, a newscaster who does the old, hard-hitting news with a capital N, you know, like, you know,
1: journalism. I thought Max was the news director. Not Max,
0: Howard Beale. Oh, okay. Howard Beale is the, is the anchor. Yeah, Max Max Schumacher is the, yeah, news director. More like Schmuckmacher. What? <laughs> <Ooh>. Schmuckmaker. <laughs> um, so Howard is getting fired because of low ratings. He finds out in the beginning of the movie. Uh, and so his like last broadcast he, or second last broadcast like one of the last ones he announces on the air. I'm going to kill myself live on TV.
2: I love how no one was listening except for like that one person in the studio because <laughs> everyone's just like minding their own business as he's talking about. And she's like, yeah. Did you guys hear that? Like, he said he was going to kill himself. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, everyone's like, What? I'm like, what are you talking about? And like,
0: yeah, he just said right now that he's going <laughs> to shoot himself live on the air. And everyone's like, what the fuck? Get, get him in here. Yeah. <laughs> And then he's he's buddies with the news director. He's been a long time friends with them. So Max pulls some strings and gets him back on the air anyway, even though, you know, uh, was it USB is the name of the, the network? They're like, U, yeah. yeah. UBS. Or UBS. 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 Like UBS is like, yeah, we can't get him back on the air. He's volatile. And Max is like, look, he's my long time friend. He's, you know, an, he's an established person here. Like he deserves to have one final farewell. And so he goes on there and instead of just being, you know... <laughs> being upstanding and just doing the like okay well you know i apologize for last week blah 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 he like starts that way and then like immediately falls right back into like this is all bullshit i can't believe what's happening today (laughs) you know and his rant starts making waves and and a lot of people tune in to watch him like they they were anyway because of the threat of i'm gonna kill myself (laughs) but then people tune in anyway and more people tune in uh and the powers that be start to like look at the ratings and start deciding like oh we're gonna we're gonna keep max on uh, uh howard on uh as this crazy <laughs> cantankerous old man who's just like sh- shouting out into the void Would people connect with it so we're gonna keep showing them we're gonna keep broadcasting them and um
2: it's also worth noting that ubs is like n- losing a lot of money at this point they're not doing well in general right. they don't have any like good hit shows yeah um so they kind of jump on this ship as a way to as to be be the one uh, and the main person
0: who's pushing this is Diana Christensen, mm-hmm. um, played by Faye Dunaway. She is really, really dedicated and devoted to her job, uh, and kind of nothing else. Even. Yeah. So she pushes to get Howard back on the air, and eventually ends up taking over the whole show. Like it, the show gets moved as a news program to a entertainment program where she's now able to like completely take over control and it turns into this weird like variety show of like mystics and <laughs> occultists and and him as yeah the mad prophet of the airwaves and at this point he's he, he basically like he has this like weird vision like this like visitation from a higher being you know that this 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 power above he doesn't like really believe in god per se but he was spoken to he's like a vessel now and he's basically lost his mind and he's just on the air just speaking tongues almost you know where he's just like all right everybody get up he's like sweating and his <laughs> eyes are bulging and he's waving his arms around every single time and then he passes out at the end of like every
1: broadcast <laughs> he just faints i That's love great. that they always do like a close-up on his like crumpled body the first time that happened it's so good
2: the first time that happened i was like oh what happened to him and then the camera just like zooms in i'm like no one's doing anything about this okay it's just part of the show i guess
0: it really highlights like the gratuitous nature of what they're doing yeah you know, and how they're just like we don't care about the safety of this person we don't care about his well-being his health his mind we're just like no 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 people love him keep him going we don't care how many times he passes out they there's literally also...
1: don't care about him until he starts saying things that they don't want him to say exactly there's also a weird similarity to like
2: the scenes when he's just fainting to the final scene when he's yeah. killed yeah? yeah yeah
1: where they do the close-up
0: yeah right?
2: exactly it's the same thing with the music playing <laughs> <laughs>
0: Um, which I think is the only music you ever hear in the entire movie. There's no score. It's just whatever's being broadcast. You hear music from that, and that's it.
1: Um, it's all diegetic.
0: Sure? I don't know that word.
1: <laughs> it's in film. It's when... I hope this is right so that I don't look <laughs> I think in film it's when um, the music that you hear comes from in-world sources. Mm. So there's never music that you, the viewer, can hear that the characters can't hear. Like what would you say that was diegetic
0: so he becomes a hit like the whole show becomes a hit the howard Beale's show is number one <laughs> until yeah until he starts rallying the, the the population rallying everybody who's watching to stop watching tv to stop listening to commercials to stop this deal that's happening between cca which is a company that that owns uh ubs um, and they're they're basically they're made a deal with the Saudis, like this this big Saudi organization. And he's like spouting off like what the Saudis own also. Uh, that's like basically like they own the American government. And he's just like, get mad, people, get mad. You know, get up. Go right to your congressman. Go right to White House. Send telegrams. I want the <laughs> White House, you know. And he like makes this big call to action, which rightly pisses off UBS and CCA, um, you know, their, their company that that owns them until he's has a sit-down with the chairman of CCA and has this amazing, like we're, we mentioned it earlier, this, this this amazing, like, his name is uh, Jensen. Uh, is it Jensen or Jennings? Arthur
1: Jensen. Jensen.
2: Jensen.
0: He does this amazing speech, you know, that Bob that Kirk does in Better Call Saul about, like...
1: He's got a great mustache.
0: He does. It's this coming-to-Jesus moment, in a way, <laughs> uh,
1: of, like... Well, coming to capitalism. Well, that's his Jesus. He's
0: saying there is no religion. There is no countries. There are no ideals anymore. Like money. Money is it. That's it. That's the only thing that runs everything is just dollars, money, capital. You know, like that's the only thing that means anything in this world anymore. It's it's, it's how things work. Uh, So you better (laughs) listen to what... And basically it's a parallel between like his first visitation where you only see howard's side of it where he's just talking to this invisible being now jensen is that person he's saying almost the exact same things that howard heard but a weird warped version of it and so howard listens to him he's like oh this is another like i'm getting another like um divine like intervention here so then he goes back on the on the air is now preaching this new gospel of capitalism and dehumanization and like hey everybody just stop trying like just watch tv it's a real bummer (laughs) it's a real bummer people stop watching them and so his rating is like take a nosedive but jensen was like nope i like what he's saying i want to keep him on the air i don't care what happens and so ubs is stuck in this position of like this dying show that's like now an albatross for them and jensen who's pushing to keep him on the air and so this side oh you know what'd be great in a way that we can get ratings and get rid of uh, uh, Howard at the same time, we'll have him murdered on the air. <laughs> and so so Diana and uh, the others at, at UBS plot to have the members of a terrorist group... Um, that so they're, they're making
1: a show about.
0: That they're making a show about, show up on this show and assassinate Howard Beale live on the air, which you know gets the show canceled, has huge ratings because of what happens, and then actually... Gets uh, the second season of that other show about the liberation army like greenlit, <laughs> and so it, it works out in the end for him.
2: Yeah, well, it works out for who? It works so, out for UBS for UBS, yeah. I
1: guess. Did you guys think uh, just because listening to you summarize it? So, did did you think the first visitation was real? I assumed the man just had a psychotic break. Yeah,
0: that's yeah. my that's my assumption. Oh, okay. But the things that he was saying weren't wrong. You know, like, he like he seemed weirdly lucid for someone who's, like, ranting and raving and sweating. Like, he's talking about things that are true. He also passes out every t- You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Well, that's the thing.
1: It's hard to say. Like, I think he was crazy. Yeah. That doesn't mean that he was wrong.
0: Right. I think he did lose his mind, but, like, what he's saying isn't nonsense.
2: Yeah, even when he was explaining it to uh, Max, I think he's like, no, I'm not crazy. I'm having, like, an enlightening you know and the stuff that he was talking about wasn't but that's also that what crazy off. people say yeah <laughs> yeah well that's why it's hard it's hard to hard to find that line <laughs> i think he was crazy but i think his craziness was was based in a reasonable message
1: <laughs> well i think there's i think there's an inherent dramatic I, I don't know that it's irony but but humor in the fact that the person in the world making the most sense is somebody that we're shown is insane had a psychotic break mm-hmm.
0: yeah that's that's the satire of <laughs> yeah. this movie you know like the whole thing's a weird satire in fact the whole thing was supposed to be just a straight comedy until tchaikovsky really? yeah until he started like writing it and researching it and getting like angrier about it <laughs> and more biting and darker as he's writing it along and it just turned in from a straight just comedy to a dark satire about television and the state of things in, in the 70s.
1: Apparently he really struggled with the screenplay. Did I was he? I was watching a movie or a of uh, a video. I, I don't remember who made it so apologies to whoever did this, but apparently they have like his notes at the New York Public Library. And, like, he went through... So, originally, Max was supposed to be Diana's character, sort of. He was going to be a new Mm -hmm. news producer who was, like, a young hotshot and was trying to, like, get ratings. And then they made him, like, the honest newscaster fighting a male version of Diana but then his love interest was supposed to be somebody who, like, called him on his shit. But now that he was the honest newscaster, they just didn't. Nothing, no the shit there's no shit to call. <laughs> and so, like, I guess, like, his big breakthrough was, like, what if I just made Diana and, like, what if I made the love interest and the ratings-obsessed executive that he's fighting against the same person? Yeah. Which was brilliant. I thought that was brilliant.
0: It worked out, except. So th- this like plays into like how complicated my feelings are in the movie where it's like like I, I love the the biting satirical nature of the movie uh, of the story, but I like hated the sheer amount of like super overwrought uh, monologues that everybody had where like every character at some point starts screaming about something you know, some idea that they have or just, like, starts grandstanding and getting on the soapbox, like, every one of them. I would rather just, like, kind of see the falling out between Max and Diana instead of just, like, hearing Max just wax poetic about it, about just, like, how lost Diana is and how, like, I guess I'll just have to take his word for it. I don't really see her not, you know, treating him the right way. You just, like, see them kind of get together and then time passes and he's like, this is terrible! This is all bullshit! You don't even... Like, I'm a real person, Diana. You can't just change the channel. You know, you gotta, you know, I'm, I'm over here bleeding and you don't care. You know, you're just waiting for the next, you're just waiting for the commercial break to end or whatever, you know. Didn't mm.
2: he also, like, know going into it that that was going to happen? Yeah, his wife I even mean, says, like, you whole... know,
0: you're
1: destined for heartbreak. He's like, yeah. yeah, I know.
2: He had a whole conversation with his wife about how it was going to play out and how he was going to come crawling back. And then that's exactly what happened.
1: But that was the script. Yeah. That's part <laughs> yeah. of the point.
2: <laughs> yeah, he he, like, he, like, read the,
0: the, Cover art and he's like, or you know, the box, you know, description of the movie is like, all right, fuck it, I'll, I'll, I'll watch, you know, like (laughs) I'm jumping in, knowing that it's a tragedy, you know, it's gonna end in him not feeling great. (laughs) Yeah,
2: I mean, I thought when he was yelling at Diana, uh, like her reaction seemed to indicate that there was some truth involved in what he was saying, or at the very least, like she was hurt by it. I felt the monologues weren't too ranty. I thought they were pretty concise actually, and they. From what they were saying, um, they made they made a good point. At least most of them.
0: I think they made good points. It's just they're very heavy-handed. Like the whole movie is incredibly heavy-handed. That's the entire like feeling of the movie.
2: Like how 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 it rolls. But it's
0: ugh, everyone's just so long-winded. Everybody's just
2: so, <laughs> so blustery. Like maybe it just felt more stylistic to me than it yeah. just being straight up. Because
0: you know, gr- it felt on purpose and it felt on brand for the movie. It just. It's not to my taste where I'm just like, sure, oh, no, come on. It's, <laughs> all, fair.
1: it's all performance. That's yeah. something they said in, in the film. Even news is, is performative. I don't know. I, lo- I mean, I don't think there's any surprise based on how I've been talking about it, but I love this movie. I thought it was fucking great.
0: Yeah. I I, I, I really liked it. I really liked the movie. It's just there are definitely moments where I'm like, uh, can we? like Like Max leaving his wife and then like showing – that kind of falling out and then going with Diana, like that, that could have been all been cut out. I really don't see the, the point of like,
1: this is my opinion and you can feel free to disagree with it, but I, I, I don't see this film as in any way realistic. No, it is hyper real. You know what I mean? Every, everything is allegorical. Like Max is not a character. Max is an allegorical stand in for, you know, old style journalism and Diana isn't a character cause who could fucking exist like that <laughs> woman. Uh, she is a representation of like new media and television specifically in the film. Right. Their story I think was ultimately about specifically the institution of journalism, but more broadly like we, our better angels and institutions uh, saw the possibilities in television. And even though maybe we knew it was going to go some bad place and be dragged down by our worst devils that we even knowing that couldn't help ourselves, but fall in love with television. Hmm. Um, like I think that's how that story is meant to function. I don't think it's meant to function as like a super believable, like man leaves, wife leaves, (laughs) mistress returns to wife. I mean, they make fun of it, right? Like they make fun of how, absurd the behavior is his wife is like what is like what are you doing (laughs) like but
0: tv didn't go away we didn't go back to hard-hitting journalism It just kept getting more bite-sized and more yeah you know like digestible and little little chunks and and you know sound bites and stuff like that like there is there was no like we didn't go back to our wives. <laughs> we stayed with the hot young thing and they just like kept feeling worse about it years and years and years later and still going on today. You know,
1: Well, I think it's important to remember that she actually threw him out, even though later in the conversation she acts like he's the one that's leaving. Yeah, I don't know. I don't yeah. have a good answer, but I don't think
0: I didn't hate it. You know, like even that part of the movie just didn't. Yeah, I just didn't like hit anything in me, you know. I was just kind of like, all right, all right, all right, let's get let's get back to the story of Howard. Like, I want to know what's going on with this, you know. Oh, really? Yeah, a little bit. Like again, I didn't hate it, and I don't think it's necessarily unnecessary to the movie, just for me, you know. I didn't like uh, sure. Yeah, I don't really care about him leaving his wife. Like, I don't really. I I felt like everything
1: in the film was functioning on some level. I think that's why I loved it so much. Is that it felt like there were multiple layers of meaning and. And things that you could read sort of abstractly and things that you could read more literally. I just, I thought it was a great tapestry.
2: I came into this uh, f- expecting it to be a grounded film, right? Okay. Like, so the beginning portion of it, which is at least somewhat sure. realistic, yeah. um, I was invested into it as a story. <laughs> and then there was like this point, I would say maybe like three quarters of the way through, where things just start to get really blatantly satirical Mm. and it felt it felt like a really strange shift for me i like it and i'd be interested to watch it again with that same mentality but i don't think i was on board with what the movie was trying to do until Mm. like halfway through it at the very least
1: i loved that scene and maybe this is the one that tipped you off where they're sitting down with the terrorist group and the representative of the Communist Party of America. Yeah. And they're like arguing about the fine points of the contract yeah. and distribution percentages. And then, like, the dude fires a gun to, like, make a point, And then he's like, "If w- let's go to point 22A now. Basically cause ev- yeah, because everybody's just shouting over each other. He's, <laughs> like, basically going, like, shut up by shooting a gun off in the air.
0: And my favorite thing is that, that one, like, executive yeah. like, falls over. Yeah. And he's got, like, plaster on his head. Yeah. He's like, Jesus Christ. Oh, my God. No one's going to believe me when I tell them the story. And, yeah, and then he, yeah, he's like, licks his fingers and goes, to the next page, article 25. You know, <laughs> Any what's-its. So w- when when Howard first says, like, oh, I'm going to kill myself next week on the broadcast, I thought this movie uh, was based off of the real-world story of uh, Christine Chubbuck. Have you guys heard about this?
1: Yeah, that's what I was saying last week, that it, maybe it was based on a real thing, but I didn't know. Um, so it was kind of
0: contentious. Like, for the longest time everybody just assumed it was because that happened just two years before this movie came out. Really? Yeah. Um, so uh, she was a broadcaster in Florida, a uh, 29-year-old woman who, yeah, killed herself live on the air. the And what she said, too, was kind of reminiscent of the movie where she said, like, in keeping with the tradition of this network's um, love of bringing you blood and guts, uh, here comes something new or whatever, and then she, like, kills herself, uh, which is very network you know it, it felt reminiscent of network um but then uh lumet uh in an interview was like oh no he chayefsky was writing this like months before that even happened it's just a weird coincidence that that happened as he was writing the story because it was based off a short story that he had already made about a guy who was mm-hmm. losing his mind on the air and talking about killing himself and
2: if that is a coincidence that is definitely a weird one
1: yeah Is it, though, the movie is so forward-looking. I normally don't like to ascribe too much to, like, you know, the artistic mind. But, like, I think he tapped into some vibration in the world that maybe manifested in, in her suicide. Like, maybe he just sensed... What's happened to you? Maybe he's... Talking s- about world vibrations. No, I mean, I'm <laughs> like, I'm being a little tongue-in-cheek, but like... Something like the zeitgeist of the time. Yeah, like maybe he just sort of noticed the sort of tidal forces in our society that were moving in a direction that manifested in her suicide.
0: Like hmm. the 60s and the 70s were tur- like turbulent, angry sure. time, and we're going through it again. Like it, it like subsided for decades and now it's back. You know, it's been back for a good like five, ten years now. I don't know if it's, I wouldn't say it's, it's different. I don't know if it's worse or any better or, you know, less hostile, whatever, but it's, it's back. We're in a new era of, you know, turbulence. Mm.
1: I did think it was interesting that in the sixties and seventies, they were courting the alt left Yeah. and now people are court, courting the alt right. Yeah. Um, And, and it sort of like brings it home to you that it's like, Oh God, it's the exact same thing. Like doesn't really matter which end of the political spectrum you're on like when when you start making crazy people when you start using them for your own gain like you will lose control of them and it yeah. will be bad mm. yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't work out very well when that happens usually that quote the i'm as mad as hell i'm not going to take this anymore again like so this movie is a perfect pick you know for this show where I'm like oh man like when he started doing it, i'm like holy shit that's what this is from like i've heard this a bunch of times uh <laughs> including uh i not that long ago i, I showed Devin for the first time uh UHF from weird al yeah. uh michael richards does that they have a scene where you know the the uhf station's going under everything's like it's the all is lost moment in the movie and uh <laughs> weird al like has a kid show on the on the network and he like walks out in the middle of a broadcast and like Michael Richards is the janitor there and he like hands him, you know, his uniform is like, yeah, you want to be on TV? Go on ahead, have a crack at it, have fun. And then he goes to a bar and sits down and starts drinking and then realizes like all around him that people are like gathering around and watching the TV. And he's like, what is this? He looks up and he sees Michael Richards just stand there with like a mop and bucket on the television set, like on the stage doing anything, like just whatever, like is coming to his mind. He's just, Blathering about like <laughs> weird dreams and shit that he had, or whatever, and then he starts talking and like does this weird like uh, impassioned <laughs> speech about mopping, but it's like supposed to be an allegory for life.
1: Cause life is like a mop, and sometimes life gets full of dirt and crud and bugs and hairballs and stuff. You 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 gotta clean it out. You 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 gotta put it in here and rinse it off and start all over again. And and sometimes sometimes life sticks to the floor so bad you know a mop a mop it's not good enough it's not good enough you you got to get down there like with a toothbrush you know and you gotta you gotta really scrub you gotta, not, you gotta get it off you gotta really try to get it off but if that doesn't work if that doesn't work you can't give up
2: you gotta you gotta
1: stand right up you, you gotta run to a window and say hey these floors are dirty as hell and i'm not gonna take it anymore <laughs>
0: That's when they realize, like, oh, my God, we have a hit in our hands. That's so funny. And it's going to save the station. And he's basically Michael Richards, the janitor on this kid show. Is Beal. Howard Beale? yeah. That's crazy. <laughs>
2: uh, uh, yeah. That's, 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 that's totally a <laughs> parallel scene. Now that oh, you, absolutely. like, pointed out, I, I did not make that connection. But, but it's <laughs> the floors are dirty as hell.
0: <laughs> 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 no, I take it anymore.
2: So it's a spoof of a satire. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> How many layers can we go? <laughs>
0: Uh, did you guys know that there's a stage play adaptation of Network that that uh, came out a couple years ago in uh, 2017, with uh, Brian Cranston as Howard Beale? Ooh, yeah, it's uh, that's that, probably good. I would yeah. have
1: rather had him as Max. I, to be honest, I did. I thought Howard was kind of just a prop in the movie.
0: Yeah, but I mean, I would love to see Brian Cranston doing that. Like, <laughs> sure, <laughs> that that whole thing. <laughs> you know, I just like Beale watching
1: Brian Cranston do anything. To be honest, yeah,
0: he, I love him. That's I watched
1: great. him he did um over in uh, Cambridge a couple of years ago, he was doing I forget what it's called, but he played uh LBJ. Oh really? Yeah, it was really good.
0: Oh hmm. right. I think I, I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah.
1: Um Jack and I went at one point. He makes a good, good LBJ. They actually made a movie out of that play, as I recall.
0: I think that's what I recognize yeah. the movie. because um, I can picture him in the in the uniform in the get up, you know. Yeah.
1: Uh um, Anybody
0: have anything else
1: um, before we get to ratings? Uh, He's going to cut it and loop it.
0: <laughs> cut it and loop it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's definitely a big moment earlier that I had where I'm just like. <laughs> <laughs> I, was making noises and shit.
1: I felt like it was a very dense movie. I don't feel like I got everything that I would have liked. There was one scene in particular. It was, um, it was the scene actually where he was talking about "I'm not crazy, I'm luminescent" or whatever <laughs> he said. Mm-hmm. Um, where that younger guy that was like running, he must have been like the director of the news program or something. He was like running the control room. Um, so Max pull like that guy escorts Howard down to Max's office, and then they film all of Howard's shots. With that guy out of focus, but like perfectly placed above his shoulder like he's an angel or a demon, like way in the background. But like that guy never talked. (laughs) I don't know anything about him. I don't know. It seemed too coincidental. Like, why are you first off? Why is a character who's not speaking in this scene? Second off, why are you framing Howard's shots with him off center? It was weird. I didn't but I didn't know what to make of it. I still don't. Maybe he just was the faceless network maybe I don't as know. the as the
0: angel on the shoulders
2: was this, it was supposed to be an angel or a devil right Did it i don't it
1: was on his does it matter it was on his right shoulder
2: oh i don't know actually is there a designation i don't know for the shoulders i'm i'm gonna look it up
1: while we're discussing other things
0: i don't think there's a des- i don't think there's an angel side and a devil side
1: well i was thinking at the right hand of god that's good. So maybe angels on the right, devils on the left. I mean, it would make sense, right? Like oh, most of the world also, is...
0: We all know that left-handed people are all evil, right? So, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. yeah. Oh, were you really?
1: <laughs> I mean, I was going to say it nicer. I was going to say most of human history has demonized left-handed people, but... No, uh, I'm just it's a fact. Left-handed <laughs> people are evil.
2: <laughs> yeah, the devil is on the left shoulder. Called it. Oh.
1: Well-reasoned, Matt Prophet of the Airwaves. Mm-hmm.
0: Well-reasoned indeed. <laughs> <laughs> if I do say so myself,
1: because I did. Uh, so, so this
0: movie it's very uh, conflicting for me. I, I think I, I like it more than I don't, you know. Um, I'm going to give it a
1: uh, 6.5. Yeah.
2: Rough.
0: That's not rough. That's a take it.
2: Mm. Watch it. We'll let you go last since you're going to give it the highest rating
1: how is that possible? This movie was so good.
2: (laughs) I liked the movie. I had a good time watching it. I thought there was a lot to it, and I would like to see it again, Um, especially uh, going into it, knowing more about the film and knowing kind of the direction that they were trying to take it in.
1: Are you saying for the first time ever that a blind watch may have not been the the best way to watch a movie? (laughs) Uh,
2: No, I'm not saying that. (laughs) I still, think, uh, I still think it was more entertaining the first time than it would be the second time, but I'm interested in a lot of the little details and picking up a lot of the symbolism and satirical points that they were trying to make that maybe weren't as obvious without knowing what it was about. Um, I would give it a seven. Uh,
1: nine. You guys are crazy. <laughs> nine. Nine. Same as I gave Citizen Kane.
0: I'm not crazy, man. I'm enlightened.
1: This movie was great. It was great. Sidney Lumet learned how to direct the uh, <laughs> the 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 writing was like you hated the monologues, but I loved them. I they didn't were hate so well written.
0: I thought there were too many for everybody. Everyone had one.
1: Oh so good.
0: The writing was so good. <laughs> I wouldn't say even that the monologues themselves were bad. I thought they were just Too many of them. They ended up uh, taking away value from all of them as a whole by having so many of them where I'm like, oh, here comes another grandstand. Here we go. You know,
1: Oh, I, I thought it was very appropriate in this day and age. I felt like it also reflected a time and a place which like I don't know how you can do both of those. I don't know how you can be both timeless and reflective of an era, but that's what it felt like to me. Yeah, I thought everything about it was great. I loved the more stylized direction. I really like because I've yeah. I've slagged off on Lume a bit on some of <laughs> those other movies, but like he really like I thought this was excellent. I loved mm-hmm. what he did, and I thought it was funny. I was laughing.
0: I definitely thought it was funny too, because uh, I get like that type of humor is one of my favorite types. that's super dark like mortal comedy. <laughs> I know? mean, at the end
1: they say like. Somebody says, like, we have to murder him. And the corporate executive says, like, I want to hear everybody's thoughts on this. Yeah. yeah that, was hilarious. Hilarious. <laughs> 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 oh, that was fucking hilarious. Oh, so really g- good. Are you paying attention, Ice Cube? <laughs> Still haven't received my written apology for having to watch your <laughs> trash. <is>
0: <laughs> uh, even the last line's great, too. Like, and this was a story of Howard Beale, the only man to ever be killed because he had poor ratings. You know, <laughs> I love that. That's funny.
2: The narrator kind of came and went throughout the film, didn't he? He like showed up, and then he would be gone for like, really long stretches. Well, he bookended
1: the movie, right? Like he, It yeah. started with his narration. Yeah, I guess so. And,
0: yeah. So, um,
2: yeah. Devin.
0: What's up? What are we doing next week?
1: <gasps> you don't know. Uh, <laughs> uh, you got How nothing. did you not know this was coming? <laughs> I
2: forgot to pick a movie. I mean, I didn't forget to pick a movie. I have it with the power of editing. That <laughs> Tyler's going to now leave this in.
1: Oh, yeah. Just make it awkward. Oh, yeah. We should talk about things so that we can have a justification for keeping this.
2: Oh,
0: I um, purposely didn't remind Devin to pick a movie because I was hoping this would happen. (laughs) Nice.
1: (laughs) Oh, man. That
0: was a a thing I was waiting for, so I turned to him like, so, got a movie this week.
1: (laughs) This is a small detail, but I I loved it that uh, Diana climaxes... Like super quickly, like her attentions. Don't talk. We did not look at movies. (laughs) Look up movies.
0: (laughs) You can't join in the fun over here. That was. (laughs) I have something to say. (laughs) I love how
1: short her attention span is. That she can't even have sex for more than like ten seconds. No, I didn't
0: even put that put those two together. But that makes total sense. I was just watching it because I've seen plenty of movies where people are having sex, and it's just like time for sex oh, 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 that was amazing <laughs> time for cigarettes you know like I thought it was just one of those but no that makes perfect sense yeah, yeah like she does everything in bite sized you know packaged moments yeah yeah yeah, you yeah. Know?
1: Yeah. Um, yeah I thought that was good that's good that works I bet if Devin were able to talk her now I'd say yeah guys that's a really good point
0: I give I gave it a hard
1: number. Hard. Was that hard for you? How hard was no. that number? Uh, I'm just doing Kermit fraud now. <laughs> That's kind of how I think of Devin. Bearded Kermit. Devin Ellis. <laughs>
2: <laughs> ah! <laughs>
0: I have noodle arms. <laughs> what is? What, what are you doing? <laughs> That's you as Kermit
2: the Frog. <laughs> just you.
1: I'm a hipster. <laughs> doesn't
2: that doesn't make sense?
1: Everybody knows that
2: t- t- palm oil is the best beard oil. Palm oil. Oh I'm no. I'm
0: Devin Ellis, and I'm going to kill myself on the evening news. <laughs> 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 Pulling his weird like green frog collar, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: my God, damn it. how is it possible that you're still looking? I haven't anything, Godfather,
0: something you've heard of and never seen. Just anything.
2: Shut up, guys. We can pause. The problem is
1: that he never has heard of anything.
2: That's true. He doesn't know what he doesn't know. I have to
0: look up
1: lists. I actually don't know. This is the first time I've had... I was sitting on Citizen Kane in my back pocket literally since we started this podcast, hoping that one of you would pick it. Um, And then I knew for a while that I also wanted to do um, Network, probably like a month or two. This is like the first time in a really long time that I don't know what I'm going to pick next. Um, So I got to spend three weeks (laughs) thinking about it. All right, I know what I want to do.
2: <gasps> don't know what we do
1: next time. Though. And we managed to keep keep us on the air the whole time. Way right, to go, buddy. You Quote, guys, unquote, on the air. You guys ready for this? <laughs> I was ready approximately five minutes ago. <laughs> uh, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Ooh, it's a good Western. one. It's a good yeah. one.
0: I have never seen it.
2: Hey! Really? Got another one with me. I haven't seen any of the Clint Eastwood
0: nameless... Um, the Man With No Name. Yeah, The Man With No Name stories. I've never seen any of those spaghetti westerns,
2: really. Me neither. I'm excited.
0: I'm excited specifically because my dad was super into them. Yeah. And I never got around to watch them at all, so... Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, they're you if you guys have never seen any of those uh it's going to like blow your mind how many things that you thought were just like general western tropes were just picked up and lifted from those movies mm-hmm. <laughs> i've
0: been getting that a lot i've been seeing we've been watching a lot of movies where something happens in the movie and i'm like i wonder if this is the first time this has happened because i've seen that thing a ton of times yeah know?
2: i've had that happen a lot actually yeah. I
0: think
1: I could be wrong about this, but I think one of those, maybe *The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly*, is like the first time that they ever like rolled a tumbleweed across, really? like when people are staring each other down. That's oh, great. Man. I'm even more excited now. <laughs>
2: the tumbling, tumble.
1: <laughs> I just picture tumbling. a guy
2: off frame, just <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, this is just
0: right off screen. <laughs> <laughs> get, get.
1: Look, like Disney with the lemmings. <laughs>
0: I don't have a song Song. ready
1: to
2: go
0: off the top of my head, but apparently I do. Do. (laughs) That was Network. We watched Network. Network. It was a movie about a network. Network. And someone died. And more people died.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Wait, guys. Because we just spent time as friends in a social situation Mm -hmm. talking about the movie Network. Does that make this a social network?
0: Bye, everybody.
2: <laughs> <laughs> cut.
0: Spoiler alert: Howard Beale is publicly <laughs> executed at the end. Actually, wait. Let me let me take two.
1: Even spoilier. Uh, He's gonna cut it and loop <laughs> it. Uh,